global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. UK voters vote to leave the European Union. Stocks selling off around the globe. U.S. stocks bouncing along the bottom right now. S&P 500 index down 72 points to 2041, a drop there of 3.4%. We did see the pound trading at a 30-year low. We've got the 10-year yield, 1.57%. Gold surging, 4.6%, up $58 the ounce to 1321. Crude oil, West Texas Intermediate, now down 5%, dropping 2.53 a barrel to $47.58. U.S. equities lower across the board. S&P down 72 at 2040, a drop there of 3.4%. NASDAQ is down 203 now, a drop of 4.1%. Dow Industrials down 593 points a drop of 3.3%. I'm Charlie Pellet, and that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. You're listening to Taking Stock with Pim Fox and Kathleen Hayes on Bloomberg Radio. As Britain stuns the world with the vote to leave the European Union, what is next for the European Union? Well, here to help us understand this is Marion Harkin, European Union Parliament member representing Ireland, Thank you very much for being with us, joining us from Sligo, Ireland. Marion, thank you very much for being here. Tell us a little bit about your reaction to the vote and then what you perceive as the European Union's next move. Well, there was shock felt in Brussels today. I mean, from my own perspective, I was shocked that it actually happened. But at another level, I wasn't entirely surprised because to some extent, this was a vote against the establishment. To some extent, it was a vote about immigration. And to some extent, uh, the English people in particular have been mildly Eurosceptic, shall we say, for the last 20, 30 years. Um, and, you know, maybe at one level you, you could have seen this coming. But having said that, I think even in the UK, a lot of people are, are shocked that it has come to this. And uh, nobody knows the ramifications. Nobody knows the f- what's going to happen next or where we're going to go. And as you know, uncertainty uh, won't do, do any benefit, if you like, to the UK economy, to the EU economy. And, of course, uh, coming from Ireland, we, we, we share a land border, the, really the only land border, uh, you know, with the, with the UK. And it, it's going to have a huge impact on our economy as well. And uh, reports that Northern Ireland is already calling for a border patrol? Well, there are reports already that somebody is, I think Sinn Féin are talking about a border poll. You have heard Nicola Sturgeon in Scotland saying that she's looking at the possibility of having another uh, referendum on Scottish independence because, of course, Scotland voted overwhelmingly to stay in. Northern Ireland also voted to stay in, not overwhelmingly, but it did vote to stay in. And uh, the the call now is, you know, we need a a border poll uh, because that will give uh, residents in Northern Ireland the opportunity to stay in the EU or to stay as part of the UK. So, you know, there's a whole... These are just some of the the ramifications within the United Kingdom itself. But, I mean, the shockwaves are being felt uh, around the globe. So, uh, and also, of course, we, we have a sense here that, you know, some politicians, shall we say, are already smelling blood, as it were, in, in the sense that they now see this as an opportunity to, to begin destabilizing 
the European Union and they see this as an opportunity to promote referenda maybe in, in other countries. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I'm saying the UK has unfortunately opened a Pandora's box and, and none of us know where it's going to go from here. Marion Harkin, as a member of the European Union Parliament's Economic and Monetary Affairs Committee, what will the conversation be like when you first gather? Well, I'd say a lot of people will be, you know, wondering what is going to happen next. You've seen what happened to Sterling today, what's happening in the markets. Uncertainty is, is, is our enemy, as it were. We don't know, for example, when the UK is going to, to trigger the process that will start their exit. It's supposed to be, at most, a two-year process. They don't seem to be rushing to do this, but already we hear from Brussels, uh, Jean-Claude Juncker, who's the, the president of the commission and others are saying, you know, we need to get on with this now. Uh, you know, the, the British people have made their decision and, and we need to know where we're going. So uh, there is a, a real sense of un, unknown territory, nobody expecting to find themselves in this place and instability uh, as far as markets and that are concerned. I'm, I really don't know how things are going to settle down. I don't think anybody does. But I think for me, uh, as an Irish politician, we have serious concerns about the fact that Britain, we, we export 16% of all our produce to Britain, and a, a very significant part of that is from small indigenous Irish business. So it, it's going to affect our economy significantly. And also, of course, we share a land border with Northern Ireland. We do a lot of trade there. So if Britain isn't part of the single market, if, if Northern Ireland isn't part of the single market, that's going to have a major, major dislocating effect on our economy, which is just crawling out of a hole, as it were, after the, the 2007 to 2008 crash. Well, Marianne, explain to us then, if you could, in a, in a little more detail what the laws and regulations are on trade um, uh, among countries. Uh, yes. For example, if, if, if uh, Britain leaves, couldn't Ireland just say, okay, fine, we'll make our own little, we'll have a, uh, you know, a bilateral trade agreement. We'll have the same kind of rules, the same, you know, amount of restrictions or fewer restrictions. Couldn't, couldn't Ireland and the UK just say, you know, we're going to, we're going to trade as we always did. No, you can't. If you're a member of the European Union, you are, you have access to the single market, to the 500 million, but you cannot do a bilateral trade agreement as an individual country. It only is with the European Union. Uh, and, and that's the, the situation. And, and what we don't know yet is what the UK will look for because with all of the discussion and the debate that went on, nobody ever said what would happen if the UK voted out. There is the possibility of the type of agreement Norway has. But they won't want that because that will mean, number one, they will have to uh, pay a contribution to the EU budget. Number two, they'll have to accept free movement of people. And number three, they'll have to comply with EU rules on which they have no vote. Those were some of the very reasons that they left. So if they don't have that kind of agreement, they could have some other type of free trade association agreement, uh, which wouldn't give them full access to services, etc. And... Other than that, then you're looking at just some sort of agreement under WTO. They'd be in the same position as, as China or, you know, other countries like that. So the British have to say 
what they're looking for, what they want, and then the negotiations will begin with the 27 other member states. And uh, that's where the uncertainty is. And if, you know, I mean, David Cameron himself said in an interview with Andrew Marr on the 13th of June of this year that he didn't believe that the, the British would accept the Norway model, which allows them access to the single market, uh, but at a price. Uh, he didn't believe they would accept that and that probably they would have to come out of the single market. So what that means in, in simple terms is you could be, I'm not saying you will be, but you could be looking at the uh, UK having to negotiate uh, free, new free trade agreements. And equally, because the EU has negotiated trade agreements with the UK as part of, of the EU, we might also be looking at, at the same situation. So huge uncertainty uh, as to what the future is as far as trade is concerned. I mean, personally, I'm devastated at what's happened today. I, I, I don't know why it's happened. I do. I, I, there are loads of reasons. But you know, this is, it's bad news. It's bad news for the UK, for Europe. It's bad news for Ireland. And I actually think globally it's, it's not a good situation because it weakens the EU. I mean, who's happy about this? Very few people. Marine Le Pen is happy because she sees this as perhaps a catalyst for her presidential campaign in, in France. And, and she would like to see France out of the EU. Uh, you know, the greatest uh, peacetime, uh, you know, movement, if you like, that's what the EU is. And, and we, we risk destabilizing it. And, and it's the greatest peace project the world has ever known. And, and you know, we, we can't risk destabilizing it because we know what the history of Europe has been. And we don't want the future to be like the past. Marion Harkin, a European Union member of uh, Parliament, just quickly, for financial companies and institutions, what happens to the European Central Bank and the European Union's move to harmonize financial regulations? Well, I think that will continue. Uh, I mean, Mario Draghi uh, hasn't spoken yet about, about the situation. We know that Mark Carney from the, um, the Bank of England has said he'll do whatever is necessary. He'll print as much money as is necessary. Draghi has said the same thing about saving the euro. But because this is such a, a new situation, because this is a situation that nobody ever envisaged uh, really happening at the end of the day, we, we are now in un known territory and we have to wait to hear what the likes of Draghi will have to say. Marian Harkin, thank you so very much for joining us. She sounds a bit heartbroken about this move and very concerned about what it means for European commerce, European politics, Ireland and the UK in particular. She's a member of the EU's Parliament Economic and Monetary Affairs Committee. This is Bloomberg Radio.